Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 78. Um, I'm just going to go full steam ahead on this, and we already know why. I'm not going to divulge into it until we get to that point. So here we go. The only two things in this episode that's not Game of Night material are the signings of Dave Hackstall uh, to Seattle Kraken for being the first head coach in Seattle Kraken history. Congrats to him and ESPN hiring Hall of Famer and six times Stanley Cup champion Mark Messier uh, to be a studio analyst starting when the ESPN um, and all of its subsidiaries get a hold of the NHL and its national broadcast uh, next season. So there you go. Have a Congratulations for both of them. And let's just go ahead and dive right into this shit. Game of the night, boys. Game six, Montreal Canadiens versus the Vegas Golden Knights. If the Montreal Canadiens go on to win this game, they go to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993. First period, Nick Waugh goes into the uh, infraction chamber for a high stick on John Merrill at 156 out of the gate. Now what you want, boys. Alex Trangelo roughs Yol Armia at 12.36. And then on that power play for the Montreal Canadiens, Shea Weber nets the power play goal at 14.06 unassisted to make it one nothing Habs. Uh, and then Riley Smith about 50 seconds, oh, yeah, roughly about 50 seconds. After that, ties it up with Shea Theodore and William Carlson getting the assist, make it 1-1 going out of the first period, shots 10-8 in favor of the Golden Knights. Second period, Vegas Golden Knights doing some good, getting some good shots on Price. Shutting them all out, though. Uh, Tyler Toffoli goes into the infraction chamber for hooking Riley Smith at 315. Uh, Vegas takes a too-many-men penalty at 542, served by Keegan Colsar. And then every time, and honestly, honestly, I swear it's a goddamn jinx. I swear it was a goddamn jinx on my part. There's not a lot of things in my life that I'm very superstitious about, but, but hockey's one of those things where, like, I swear to God, like, like the hockey guys be laughing down upon me, be like, hey, you wanted the Blues to win a Stanley Cup back in 2019? Well, here you go. You're paying the piper, folks, because I I legitimately type down every time, verbatim, every time call uh, – Cole Caulfield is on the ice. I prayed to all that is holy that he doesn't score. And shortly thereafter, God damn it, scores himself, Cole Caulfield, at fucking 936, scores to make it 2-1 Habs with Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie getting the assist. Eric Stahl takes the penalty, hooks Keegan Colesar at 11.04, but kills that off. And then uh, Chandler Stevenson, um, had a little bit of a scrum with Jeff Petrie. Uh, Jeff Petrie um, drops his stick. Uh, and then when Stevenson gets up after the hit that Petrie get laid on him, he uh, stomped on his stick. Uh, luckily, he didn't get an unsportsmanlike contact call on that, but it's all right. Uh, shots 13-12 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. And end of that second period. Third period, 108 into the third period. Alec Martinez ties it up 2-2 with Al- uh, Alex Petrangelo and William Carlson getting the assist. Uh, the Golden Knights need to stop turning the puck over and they really need to freaking light up the um, the forward lines. Um, 
which did not come into fruition, but we'll get into the end of that. Uh, Robin Leonard keeping the Knights in the thick of it, and he did his damnedest. He absolutely did his damnedest. Uh, Carey Price starting to button down the hatches as it may. Um, and Leonard nearly gave me a heart attack with the save on Tyler Defoley, uh, making it kind of look like uh, initially it may look like, you know, like how um, when a goal scorer, you know, dangles out and then the friggin' goalie kind of spins out of his, his crease. He kind of did that, but uh, he was also in a way that made it look like he caught it with his glove, but in reality, he actually had it in between his pads. And um, and also looking at the replay, thankfully one of the Vegas Golden Knights players uh, put a stick behind uh, his skate, uh, Leonard's skate. So in, in case and trying to poke it, you know, it was going to stay in, in between his pads, um, save the deficit there. Um, and then Leonard was starting to button down the hatches as well at the end of that third period. Uh, and it was looking like it was going to be an absolute dogfight. This, this, and no, no shakes about it. Um, this game definitely was a fight to the, to, uh, the bitter end. Um, you know, for better or worse, it was definitely a fight to the bitter end. Uh, Alex Tuck hits Josh Anderson, and Josh Anderson didn't like it. But, you know, he, where he's going, he's going to, you know, he's going to brush that off, you know, with ease. Uh, shot 16-10 in favor of the Golden Knights. Going into overtime for the third time in this series uh instant interestingly uh the canadians quote-unquote iced the puck um as the refs called it icing even though it hit even me as a vegas golden knights fan i will say that was a missed call on the uh referee's part it did not go off, it did not go off the side of the net it went off of the, uh robin leonard's toe and robin leonard was fully in the uh crease so yeah obviously that definitely could have been uh, not an icing. So, but hey, once again, doesn't matter in the end where the Canadians are going. They're fine with it anyway. Uh, and then at 139 into the overtime, Arturi Laconen nets the game and series winner with Philip Deneau and Brendan Gallagher getting the assist to make it 3-2 Habs. Le Habitants de Montreal. Uh, shots 2-1 in favor of the Golden Knights at the ending of that overtime. Shots for the entire game, 39-32 in favor of the Golden Knights. Knights power play got skunked 0-2. Penalty kill 2 for 3. Canadians power play 1 for 3. PK 2 for 2. Your final for tonight's game, 3-2 in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. And the Montreal Canadiens are going to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1993 and the first Canadian team to reach the final since the Vancouver Canucks achieved this feat in 2011. So, and also before I uh, get in my tangent, uh, apparently, even though it was reported numerous times that we're not doing conferences, quote unquote, unquote, that would have also kind of gone to hand in hand that they weren't going to award the Clarence Campbell Bowl or the Prince of Wales Trophy. But they did. So for the first time in Montreal Canadiens' history, they have won the Clarence Campbell Bowl. They did not touch it. Just noting that out there for those who still believe in the tradition of uh, not touching the... Uh, the Clarence Campbell Bowl, but um, yeah, they didn't touch it, and they are for the first time in uh, franchise history Campbell Bowl winners. Uh, they're not conference winners; they are just straight up 
the Clarence Campbell Bowl winners. So that means that the winner of Game 7, which, spoiler alert, Tampa and Isles uh, go to Game 7 after the Islanders uh, in overtime uh, yesterday. Uh, I want to say their series, uh, their game also coincidentally ended uh, three to two um, in overtime uh, are going to a game seven that will occur tomorrow in Tampa. And the winner of that, I, I guess now is going to be uh, the Prince of Wales champion. And they will have home ice advantage against the Montreal Canadiens as the Montreal Canadiens were the last seeded team in all the playoffs. So whoever wins gets home ice advantage. So uh, they got that going for them, which is making me think that the Montreal Canadiens are definitely going to pull a LA Kings of 2014 and win. So, and this was also a time where I was also openly uh, saying, yeah, Canadiens, let's go win. Now, I will say this. I will say this. If Tampa wins, I'm going on. I'm jumping on the Tampa train. Not, not, I guess not even necessarily I'm jumping on the Tampa train. I'm going to be jumping on a Pat Maroon train. That's what I'm going to be doing. Um, but if the Islanders win, um, to keep what traditions, because, you know, traditions, traditions, um, even though it pains me to know that Thankfully, if anything, if anything that this Vegas Golden Knights run has given me is solace in knowing that the team that swept my St. Louis Blues cannot get any further in the playoffs. So at least we'll give Vegas a win on that part for me, thankfully. Now, with that said, and I understand a lot of people's mindsets are to not root for the team that beats your team. But also, if Vegas was to have fought, uh, faced the Blues, I would have been in that boat anyway. But just know, if the, if the New York Islanders go on to the Stanley Cup final, I will be in Montreal's corner. I will be the habitant de Canadian. I will do it. I will be in the Habs' corner like I was in 2014 when they're going against the New York Rangers and subsequently lost. I will be in the Habs' corner as Canada deserves the cup back. Properly, Canada, in that instance, in that instance, deserves the cup back proper because it hasn't been there proper since 1993. I understand it. It stays in Toronto at the, at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I understand that 90% of the entire fucking NHL is all Canadians. And regardless of team, the freaking cup comes back to Canada anyway, to all the freaking little towns across all of Canada. I understand that. But it's not then been there proper for a Canadian team to win the cup. And I will certainly be okay with this. 100% okay with this. I mean, in the end, regardless of whatever, 
I'll probably, I'll most definitely be okay with it. It's, you know, it's been a long time coming. It's been 28 years, you know, it's about time. I'll give him that. However, all that aside, if, if the Islanders do win, yeah, I'll be in Montreal's corner, but best you believe that Tampa goes a head to head with the Montreal Canadiens. I'll be all on the Tampa. I'll be all on the Pat Maroon train. I'm all about the hometown hero, baby. But um, but yeah, that lightheartedness on that side of the fence. But the Vegas Golden Knights side of the fence here, they definitely bias aside because I'm a fan. And don't get it twisted when I say this, though. That they certainly did not deserve to win the series at all. At all. Surely because majority of their scoring came from the blue line and the fourth line. Now, other than the occasional patch ready goal like last game or Smith's goal this game, you know who else scored today? Alec Martinez. And you know what Alec Martinez is? A goddamn defenseman. Stone did not have a single point in this series. Freaking the whole majority of the forward group absolutely ice cold. Unexcusable. Now... With back circling back to my last episode of this podcast, when I mentioned, hey, you know, maybe it's all right to boo your team, your your favorite team, because you know it's tough love and all that. But you know what? For those that, you know, honestly, I hope this right here does not give those haters of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights fan base any sort of fuel to their argument that, oh, when this team sucks or when this team fails, this team, the, the fans are going to leave. And I will also say this, that when the time does come for this team, when then I'm just going to come out and say, their window is going to be open probably for the next, depending on if they make any really bad moves, between three to five years. Even though I understand freaking, uh, jo- God damn it, I already had his freaking name, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. I almost said George McPhee. It's not George McPhee. God damn it. His name is drawing a blank on me, but you know what? It's okay. Bill Foley, Bill Foley. That's his name. That's his name. Uh, Bill Foley. Uh, I know his initial goal is to win the Stanley Cup within the first six years of existence. They're currently into year four. So they got two more years. They got two more cracks at it before um, they do not meet his goal. Now, I will say this in a realistic sense of things. I see this team winning the uh, at least their cup window being open between three to five years. 
Now, once again, it all depends on moves that they make in the future. Thankfully for them, for their sake, this offseason, they only have to worry about the free agency market. They don't have to worry about the uh, expansion draft as they're ex- exempt uh, from the expansion draft. But with that said as well, that, you know, they've got some, they got, you know, they're probably going to need to make some moves, maybe to freshen them some things up. Um, and once again, to also, I even say not necessarily, you know, strike fear in the hearts of those that are there, but, you know, maybe you make a, make, maybe you make a bold move. If you want to jolt the roster, listen, this is a team that does not accept failure. This is a team that I understand, you know, we're going to take the lessons that we've learned, uh, that we've, you know, have been handed and you know, learn from them. We're gonna do that, but we're also gonna let let everyone know that hey, we don't play here. That we're here, we're winners, and we're gonna go out there and win. And that's it. That's that. That's done. But I mean, when it comes to cap, they don't really have a lot of movement, not a lot of uh, liquidity, uh, fluidity, as it may. Um, they're kind, of, they're kind of up on the ceiling there. And the fact that the uh, cap is going to be frozen for the next probably three to four years also doesn't bode them well in the future, which is why I'm going to harp on the fact that they need to make sure that, you know, they're keeping a good eye on their uh, prospects. Hopefully that they have a lot of, high, I, the majority of them have a high ceiling. Um, and, if not, or at least if they have a, a uh, promise, a promising future at like maybe another uh, franchise and maybe they fit, you know, uh, a little bit better in another franchise, maybe they can make a deal and, you know, move some cap around with, you know, moving some prospects around. Who knows? I mean, at least for the Golden Knights, they in starting so well in their franchise history they find themselves in an interesting situation to where, you know, they don't really have to worry about, you know, screwing something up too much, but at the same time, you don't want to rest in your laurels. Um, But, you know, with this loss today, with this series loss today and being eliminated, the blues fan in me feels absolutely no sympathy at all for the Vegas Golden Knights fan base because the St. Louis Blues fan base have waited 50 plus years for a cup. Just one. After being in the Stanley Cup final, regardless of how the freaking divisions were made at the time, because they were also made poorly, absolutely poorly. When you put all the original six in one, all the expansions in the other, and the Blues were the cream of the crop in the, all the expansion draft uh, in the expansion teams um, of 1967, and got swept three years in a row. The first three years in a row, and two of those came from those aforementioned Montreal Canadiens, and one of them came from the Boston Bruins. Which we got our we got our um, cup back, or at least we got our um, revenge on Boston. So. Maybe in the future we can get our uh, revenge on Montreal, but we'll see. Um, but seeing how the um, 
the future stars, or at least, you know, the kids, as you know, they say the kids of the Montreal Canadiens are playing right now, especially Cole Caulfield. Jesus Christ, man, this, that kid can light it up. I will, you know, it's going to be impressive, especially he, it's going to be quite impressive if he enters his full, not, not like a halvesies thing, like freaking Matt Murray when he came into the league. No, like straight up full on year as a, a rookie coming in with a Stanley cup ring. If that was to happen, imagine that like you would have to immediately give him the call. You'd have to, you could, and honestly, you could, he could win the cup and, and just sit out the rest of the season and you could still give him the call there. I'm willing to say that wholeheartedly that you could, you could definitely do that. Would they do that? but you could um but yeah um yeah did did this loss hurt absolutely it did um but you know when a magical you know thing happens like how the Montreal Canadiens is run right now is happening they started off really battered and bruised um dusted the uh Montreal Canadiens in seven um, really, you know, you know, dug down deep. And maybe it was that series that really kind of lit it up. Be like, listen, doesn't matter what kind of person, like what, which of the big guns we have in the, in the, uh, in the stables here, we have that fire and the determination to make it through come hell or high water. And we're going to make it work. And, you know, as the games come by, another guy comes off the IR. Then another guy and another guy and another guy and they're getting healthier and healthier and healthier. And then that fire's still there as a proof of concept, everyone that they, they get. And now they're in the Stanley cup final for the first time since 1993 and could very well be the very first Canadian team to win a Stanley cup since 1993 since the last Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup final birth I mean I'm not going to say that it's as great of a Cinderella story as the old freaking um, saying goes that keeps getting battered and beaten like a dead horse uh, over and over and over again when this kind of stuff happens um it's definitely not a cinderella story like the st louis blues but it's it's up there it's up there and especially if they won the cup it's definitely up there it's it's definitely uh, i'd say it's on par with the gold with the um it'd be on par with the uh la kings although i'll even go as far as to say because of their trials and tribulations with the whole injury thing I'd even probably put it a notch above the LA Kings' 2014 run um, on how magical that run would be. But, um, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. And, you know, initially I was like, all right, when the Vegas Golden Knights are done, I'm done doing games in the night. But you know what? You know what? No, no. We're going to do. We're, we're going to do. 
I'm not going to say I'm going to do every game, but I will say I will at least do two, I'll at least do three. I will plan to do three games in a night for the Stanley Cup final, come hell or high water. So I will I will at least do game one. At least we'll at least do game one or game two. And depending on how the series goes, game four, and then the whatever the clincher is. So I'll I'll try my hand at game six. And if it goes game seven, you know damn well I'm going to do game seven. So we're, we might get three or four games in a night out of it. I'm not going to do seven. Straight up, going to let you know ahead of time. I'm not going to do all seven games. The only way that all seven games get done is when I legitimately have nothing else to do. And, you know, I have the time. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, and the way that the Cardinals are playing right now, I'm not inclined to uh, watch the mediocrity unfold with baseball, especially <laughs> how many games in a, in a week you have, you know. Um, and honestly, hockey's kind of k- keeping me from uh, tearing my hair out over, over sports because freaking they're doing really shitty right now. Um, but, yeah, um, before I ramble on any further, that's been that. That's been this. Um, I guess I'll catch you in the next one where we cover the Stanley Cup final game one between the Montreal Canadiens and the winner of the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Islanders. And with that, I will catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.